this was, uh, this was quite the week this last week. Uh, apparently, I went through puberty, huh? You hearing this with my voice? This is crazy. So uh, I'm, this is up about half an octave from where I was when I started this morning. So we'll see where we end tonight. But uh, after this, I might be singing some songs in bass. We'll have to see how it goes up here. But I'm telling you, God is doing a work, and we have to make sure that we make much of him. And all of God's people said... And, and then we started out here as we walked through kind of learning a little bit about Christ as we worshiped and sang and doing a little bit of communion of the giving of Jesus Christ. He gives generously. He lavishes on us. He pours it in. He sacrifices with all he's got. And he sets the tone for who we're to be in this world as well. And so we're starting a new series today. We're in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. So we've walked through chapters 1 through 3. That was over the summer. We just got done walking through chapters 4 through 7 where we were talking about what it means to have a fearless life for our God, standing with him. And now we're in chapters 8 and 9. And we've titled this series Generous. Generous. It's all about what it means to give to our God and then to give to those needs around us as he reflects on and shows us where we need to be pouring it in, okay? What it means to be following our God with his heart in this world and uh, generous. So today we're starting with a sermon that's titled, Give Sacrificially. Give Sacrificially, and we're starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 here. Uh, the first point. Allow the abundance of your joy to overflow in a wealth of generosity. Allow the abundance of your joy to overflow in a wealth of generosity. It says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. And uh, he's like, uh, we want you to know, and uh, this is something you need to grasp, understand this. Like, remember, he's just come out of a challenge walk in chapters 6 and 7, where he's calling them to follow their God with all they've got, even if it means setting down self in sin, getting done with that. And then he's like, just so we're super clear now as we take a step into chapter 8, there's some things you need to know about what it should look like as you start to follow your God. And I want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. These churches are uh, the churches of Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea. So like the book of Philippians, well, that was written to a Macedonian church. And the books of First and Second Thessalonians, those were written to Macedonian churches. And so it's that area just a little bit above Greece as you head up and around, headed back towards Israel, right? And so it's that area up there. And, and uh, yeah, there were some books written to these guys. And these, these guys had a passion. Their churches were on fire. And he's like, man, I want you to know of the grace of God that has been given among them. He's like, I'm telling you, God stirred in their souls. It's been amazing to see how they have grasped what Christ did for them. And so they started to give outwardly to those things around them. And, uh, he says, for in a severe test of affliction. And uh, when Paul writes severe, it's severe, 
right? Like that's something we need to grasp is when he's like, dude, it was bad. This is a guy who went through imprisonment and beating and shipwrecks and a complete loss of food and water. This is a guy who starved and struggled, who was hated and beaten, who was stoned and dragged out and left outside the city for dead. That guy said it was severe, right? So, so he's got a grasp of how rough it was for them. And he's like, I'm just letting you know it was a severe test of affliction. Notice it doesn't say a severe consequence. It's not that they were doing something and getting punished for it. It's just that this broken world was touching them harshly. There was a lot going on and a severe test of affliction. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. Like, he's like, just so we're clear, they have this massive joy welling up and they have extreme poverty. There's struggles that they have to even make the day-to-days work out and yet a joy in it. And remember, we've said before, joy, the, the best definition is that you're celebrating and thanking your God. Joy. Joy is not I'm celebrating and thanking for the circumstance I'm in. That's kind of a weak level, right? It's like it's got to go well or my joy collapses. But this is like I don't care what's going on. My God does not change. And I'm going to trust my God. And he's got a plan in this. And I don't understand it, but I'm leaning on him in it. My joy is based in my God. So my joy is immovable. And he's like, just so you know, they had this unbelievable joy, an abundance of joy. Picture a barrel being filled with water, and it just keeps filling and filling and filling until it gets to the top and water's lapping at the top, and you just keep pouring it on, and it just keeps spilling off the sides and down onto the ground, and an abundance of joy. That's what he's talking about. It's like joy spilling out all over the place, man. They're just celebrating in a huge way, and this abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. This rough circumstance, but a great celebrating of their God, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. In a wealth of generosity. They've given into needs all over the place. They care like never before. Why? Because they grasp who their God is. They understand the giving nature of their God. Their joy is based in the greatness of Jesus Christ and the life they now have because of him. And with Jesus Christ pouring it on into me, I can't wait to pour it on somewhere else to someone else. May God get all the glory. They're like, I'm telling you this, I'm super fired up about being able to take just a taste of what God has given me. And let that pour off of me into this world. Whatever that looks like. And the generous, it always starts by knowing your God and having a joy in him. And all of God's people said. So generous, it is not measured by some overt external action that is an X number of dollars of giving or X amount of time given. Or it is about your worship. It's about how much you're centered up on your God and thanking and praising him for what he's doing for you and letting that fill you to the top and then that spilling over out into the streets as you live your life for your God each day. And uh, 
He's like, it overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means. And uh, please hear me. When we talk about giving, they gave according to their means. And man, get this. Our first and foremost starting point with giving is first to the Lord. And we're going to cover that in just a little bit. It comes up in this passage. Giving first to the Lord. Like, God, I'm not living just for me. You've poured into my life. My worship's going to be on fire for you. I give back to you. You own it all. I'm just a manager, right? Do you get that? Like God owns everything, and we're but managers, and and he's loaned to us some property that's actually his, and we are to be managing that for him. So that means we're giving some of that back to him in celebration, like you're in charge. I'm giving first to the Lord in this huge Give back that shows I recognize who my God is and what he's doing in my life. And a worship and generosity, it starts by a worship of our God, and then it moves into affecting, yes, even our wallets and our calendar as we start giving of our time and we start giving of our money. And those are things that God has given to us and has entrusted to us. And uh, he's like... Hey, just so you know, that's what needs to be overflowing. They gave according to their means. And here's what he's not saying. Look, I expect you to give even what you don't have. Make it hurt. Just give, give, give. And there's no way you're going to be able to care for your family. Just keep caring for other needs and just go. And like everybody say, not that. Not that. He's like giving according to your means. That's a very reasonable expectation. And that's what Paul was saying was really the goal is as God gives to you, so you give back to him and give out into this world according to your means. And so you're measuring where really what God's giving into your life and you're trying to partner with that and say, God, I'm longing to mirror your worship into this world. And I can't wait to give according to what you've given me, according to their means. As I can testify, Paul says, he's like, I'm telling you, I can witness to it. And then he says, and beyond their means. This was one of those moments where God was pressing in and he's like, I'm telling you, it is our job in this moment to give lavishly. And it's not that that should go on all the time, but sometimes. And giving according to your means all the time. And then sometimes even beyond your means, just pouring it on because of a circumstance taking place. And um, Constantly giving first to our God and then giving over and above as we look to give to him in that. He says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. I love that Paul puts that in there. He's like, I didn't make them. It's kind of important. Like, I'm just telling you, I didn't make them. I didn't go over there and like start pressing on people and making them feel all guilty for stuff and forcing them around and they didn't really want to do it. And I'm like, too bad. You're going to give. You should see the problems I've seen. You need to give a little more, man. Go back home and find something. And like, it wasn't that. Like he's talking to them and they're like, hey, we were thinking of giving. And he's like, guys, you're in poverty. I'm telling people this is an extreme affliction, severe affliction. And Don't sweat it. And they're like, no, seriously, we really feel like God's telling us to give. And he's like, just give according to your means. And they're like, fine. And then some. And they're like pouring it on. And Paul's laughing with them and talking with them as he's wrestling through seeing the giving that these churches are doing. And uh, it says, for they gave according to their means as I can testify and beyond their means of their own accord. And uh, 
Man, I'm just telling you, true worship is of your own accord. And all of God's people said, we are longing for you to be so worshiping your God that as he gives into your life, you are seeing what that means is and you're giving back to him and then into whatever else he's calling you to that God might get the glory of your own accord. Your worship on fire. Your calendar and your wallet showing that you respect your God and you are giving to him with all you've got. And man, let your worship begin to be more than just a Sunday morning for an hour and a half. Let your worship begin to affect your 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all of your thinking, all of your doing. God, you have poured this into me. I cannot wait to see what I can pour back to you. And uh, according to your means and really of your own accord, your decision being wise to your worship, making sure that it is huge celebration of your God. It says, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And uh, being able to have the privilege of caring for the hurting and the heartache, for the pain and the struggle. Being able to take care of another person and being able in the midst of what they did not have, Rallying it together, laughing about what they do have. Man, our eternity is in hand. And we cannot wait to see what God does in this world. We're willing to take part. Let's jump in. And let's be a part of it with all we've got. You know, I love this church. This church is a giving church in so many ways. And uh, there's times where struggles come up. And this Macedonian churches, they collected together. They had heard about other heartaches, including the church at Corinth. And they were rallying together some of their monies to give. And uh, man, this church is in so many different times and fashions rallied together around needs that have gone on. Last year, when Hurricane Matthew rolled through the Caribbean, and we talked about, hey, maybe we should give to that need. And so we pulled together a topic for that day, talked it through, and shared with you guys. And over and above giving, you guys gave like around $100,000 of over and above giving. Amen to that. Praise God. That's a huge deal. That was last year. So we rallied it together along with some other harvest. We ended up with about $180,000. And so Pastor Steve McGinnis and myself worked with Pastor Abraham and organized a structure down there to how we could wisely manage that money so it's not just thrown in and lost somewhere and a good stewardship along the way. And we were able to rebuild like 35, 37 homes, like total rebuild after that. We were able to replant like some 40 families worth of crops and get those all restarted for them. And the people around were seeing a church on fire as they were cared for and caring for each other, laughing through the whole thing, man, God doing a huge work. And, uh, you know, we just had some huge stuff that happened this year in Florida and Houston. And I got to be honest, we had way less connect on some of those things. And so when people did ask for direct, we were just directing them at the organizations that would have had any kind of feet on the ground there, like Samaritan's Purse, that kind of thing. And that was more our connect this year. Sometimes we rally up big and other times maybe it's not the best connect for us and we're holding on. And that's the way it goes, right? Always giving of our means and sometimes even beyond. And all of God's people said, it's a huge deal. 
And we need to grasp and understand the opportunities and privileges we have to worship our God with what he's given us. And that we got to love to give. And uh, i got to tell you, uh, my youngest daughter, Alyssa, uh, she has this passion for giving. Like it starts somewhere, you know, in April where you start thinking about Christmas gifts. You're like, oh, this would be the perfect gift for them. And she loves to give the gifts. Christmas, really, for her in many ways, is the joy of that giving of that gift. And and uh, love seeing that grow up in her as she's getting a passion for how and when and where to give. And, uh, you know, if you're one of those people where you're a lot less on the gift thing, and uh, you know who you are, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I really don't care about gifts at all, right? Just so you know, there's other people that do, right? And so there's moments where we've got to consider what, where their thinking is as well. And that's just in the light stuff. Can you imagine in the severe affliction? Right? And so partnering together to be able to rally together and care together in whatever way possible. And, um, okay. That said, today is actually the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Did you know that? International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And um, so I wrote down just a couple of stats here. Uh, this means specifically the church suffering because they took a stand for Jesus Christ. This is people who are hurting and struggling in the world because they decided to follow Jesus Christ and they're not going to get off of it. And uh, they say right now, on average, somewhere around 3,000 people a year lose their life right now. 3,000 people a year lose their life because they're following Christ and they won't back down. 3,000. And in the earlier part of the 2000s, like 2000 up to 2014, 15-ish in that area, where there was wars going on and there was total unrest, that number was more like 90,000 a year. Massive pain and struggle going on in the world for taking a stand for Jesus Christ. That is a huge deal. And if you're like, I would love to give into that even over and above like remember, first, always giving to the Lord, making sure you're managing that, right? Wherever God's placed you in your local church, whatever that looks like, and you're giving first to the Lord. But I'm telling you, over and above giving, you might be in a spot where you're like, I would love to pour into this. And we don't have a lot of connects there. But I would tell you, Voice of the Martyrs has a great connect. And if you do want to give something financially, that's a place to go. And, uh, but they've got some great information as well. And uh, here's the deal. You may not be in a spot where you can give financially, but we can always give by praying to our God who has it in control. And all of God's people said, man, always we can be bringing it for him. And so here's the deal. We're going to spend a little bit of time right here, right now, this church on fire, praying for those people in this world who are wrestling and struggling simply because they said, I love Jesus Christ. And it's our job right now to be able to lock in and engage with a huge worship, our church pouring it out for Jesus Christ to be able to move, protect, heal, shape, and do whatever he sees his will to be in that spot, okay? So why don't we go to prayer right now? Let's just bow our heads. We're going to spend a little bit of time. Giving. It doesn't always mean that it's something financial. I'm giving of our time right now as we storm the throne of grace for those hurting because of following Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, hear our cries 
as we cry out and pray for those struggling and suffering simply because they know you and they take a stand for you. Lord, we long for them to sense your presence. And we long for them to sense your power in this moment. May you sense and move in a huge way in this world as we pray and as we cry out. And just each of you quietly where you're at for the people in Africa. number of different nations there that are just so oppressive when it comes to Christianity. May those in Africa, Lord, as they're in the midst of the struggle, they sense your presence, your power. May you give them endurance and hope. now for the Middle East. There are people so oppressed because of the Muslim faith and the press in to remove Christianity and there are those who are taking a stand for the Messiah Savior Jesus Christ. Endurance and hope in the middle of the pain they're experiencing right now. Lack of food, lack of water, harsh treatment, pain, heartache, loss of loved ones. Cry out for them. India and China, huge numbers of population, lots of Buddhism and Hinduism and lots of oppression when it comes to allowing Christianity. And cry out for those in India and China. Lastly, for Mexico, you may not even know this, but the oppression in Mexico is rising dramatically. And uh, it's hard to even get a church to be able to maintain and thrive and survive there. For those in Mexico who trust in Christ, to be able to stand strong for him. Here's what I'm going to ask. Where you're at, praying out loud. It's just you. You're not rallying together with anybody else. It's just you out loud where you're at so that we can hear the voices of this room lifting up as we cry out, hear me, for those doing the persecuting, 
that they might see God alive and real in this world. And for those being persecuted, that they might have endurance and hope in the process. For those persecuted to have hope and for those doing the persecuting to see Jesus Christ in their presence. Man, right where we are, just cry it out. Lift your voices up. Let's pray out to him. And Heavenly Father, we lift our voices before you. We are so privileged. You have given us so much. We are in awe. Lord, we love you. May we give back according to what you have given to us. And Lord God, may it start with our time. May we give passion and prayer and purpose as we long for those who in this world are struggling. Lord, we pray for those persecuted. May you stand with them. May you give them an unbelievable ability this day, right now, to be able to stand for you, to be able to have endurance for you, hope in you, confidence, maybe like never before, as the churches across America cry out for them. Give them hope in you, Lord Jesus. And may this broken world be resolved in your glory. We love you and we praise you. Lord, we pray for each of those doing the persecuting. May they come face to face with your grandeur and be stunned. May you truly move in this world that is so against you. Lord, we long to see people saved. It is in the saving, redeeming, healing name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Such a huge deal, man. We got to grasp it. We're living soft, right? And, um, and God knows what he's doing. And this world is broken. Good with all that. We get it. Lord, whatever you want from me, you are a generous God. You have poured it on. I will give first to you, and then over and above, I can't wait to see where you direct me. May you get all the glory. And all of God's people said, all right. Number two, give of yourself first to the Lord and then to others in need. Give of yourself first to the Lord and then to others in need. And uh, it says, 
And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. I love that Paul wrote that. This is the apostle. He's like, and this, not as we expected. He's like, they blew us away. We we had absolutely no clue that they would give like that. We were shocked that they would give over and above their means when they had basically no means. And uh, they gave, and they poured it on. And, uh, and this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. Everybody say, first to the Lord. And don't lose sight of that. And I'm just telling you, uh, in America, it becomes first to my favorite interest. Right? And watch out. First to the Lord. And God does an amazing thing as we rally together as a group of believers and we give first fruits to him and we pour that back. Please hear me as, as your check comes in and you're living each week and each month, the goal is not when the check comes in, first to my needs, then to my enjoyments. If there's anything left, I give to the Lord. Everybody say, not that. Okay, as it comes in, first back to the Lord. This is his property. This is his money. First back to him. You own it all, God. I'm leaning and I'm trusting in you. You gave everything for me. So I give first to you, then to needs, then to, look, there's nothing wrong with entertainment and enjoyment in its right spot, right? Everybody's got that, right? In its right, everybody say, in its right spot. There's nothing wrong with that. In its right spot, first to the Lord, then to needs, then to those entertainment moments and the over and above giving as God so directs you. And who knows where that'll be or when that'll be. And you just pay attention to those things as you move throughout your day, your week, and your month, and your year. May God get all the glory. And he's like, so clearly here, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. And... uh, They looked for the over and above giving as they lavished it on. He says, accordingly, he's like, so just like that, uh, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. So as Titus brought the letter, it appears Titus also brought some monetary relief. And he's kind of the messenger that's able to bring some of this stuff in. And, And Titus, he's bringing some hope and some direction in this act of grace, pouring it out and It says, but as you excel in everything, he's like, hey, so as you fan the flame on your fervor for Jesus Christ, excelling, like specifically in these areas, now he lists some out. He says, in faith, right? That's the assurance of things hoped for, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith, it's what we long for and count on with confidence in our God. Faith. In speech, That's where your words expose your heart, right? So as the words hit your lips, may it reveal a heart in worship of your God, right? Remember, the goal is not to have a heart train wrecked, and I'm controlling my words that come out and hiding what I'd really love to say. Not that, right? It's, Lord, may my heart be in such a worship fervor that the words spilling off of my lips so honor you in faith, in speech, in knowledge, Grasping of God's character, of his plan, of his promise. Grasping of God's character and his plan and his promise. And uh, and earnestness. This is like a desire and a hunger and a longing. 
and our love for you. This is the passion that Paul had for their best. And he's like, man, live in and celebrate these elements. And uh, may God get all the glory. It says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. He's like, man, continue doing what you just saw done. Right? And here's the deal. Jesus Christ, he is our Savior. Everybody say Savior. He is. He died for us and he rose for us. He is our God. Everybody say God. He is. He is our Savior. He is our God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And please hear me. He is also an impeccable model and teacher as he lived sacrificially. Some will say of Jesus, just kind of follow his example. And, uh, and they're not wrong to follow the example of Christ, but they are way wrong in coming up where that's the only thing they do. May he have reign and control of my heart and my life. Him in charge. I'm not trying to mirror his actions. I'm longing for him to take over and change and shape me. He's in charge of this universe. He is God Almighty. I will worship him with all I've got. Everything on the line. And as he has poured it in, so I will now pour out to him. I have nothing to give but what he has already given to me. And all of God's people said, hear me, man, even the breath you breathe to be used to praise him, he gave you. Everything we have is from God, and we long to worship him. As Paul turns the corner into 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he's like, hear me, we serve a generous God. He's got a smile on his face. He is laughing and loving the giving. He is celebratory the whole way. Our God loves us and he's pouring it in. May we sense that and experience that and now may we turn and live that outwardly. Hear me now, as the joy of God fills me up to the top and starts spilling over, may that now pour out to those around me the joy, my celebration of the greatness of God, not the celebration of some circumstance.